Happy Monday, everyone. It's me, your host, Tinkerbuff, and it is our winter months. Today I'll be telling you about Rila, the Christmas witch, a being that some would say is more terrifying than even Krampus. So sit back and relax in your mind's pool to heat up or I guess you could still cool down. It's your pool. I'm just here to make it cozy. Down comes Grillo from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. One rhyme says she has 15 tails, each of which holds a hundred bags with 20 children in each bag, doomed to be the feast for the troll's family. Poems describe eyes in the back of her head, ears that hang so long they hit her on the nose. She has a matted beard, blackened teeth, and hooves. Throughout the majority of the year, this ogress witch mother is thought by many to hide in the daunting lava fortress of Dimaborgia. Grilla, along with her 72 children of misfortune, 13 of these are known as the Yule Lads, and from the 11th of December to the 24th, they all descend from the mountains one by one to engage in 13 days of mischief. Each of these Yule lads having different antics, ranging from the mysterious to just, just gross. Let's, let's go over these boys. The first one is Sheepcoat Claude. This young man likes to suckle baby sheeps in the farmer's sheep sheds. <laughs> Gully Gawk. This, this, this young lad steals a foam off the top of the buckets of the cow milk. Is he, is he stupid it in his pocket? There's Stubby. He's a short king and he steals food from frying pans. There's Spoon Licker. Guess what he does? He licks spoons. There's also Pot Scraper, who is also known as Pot Licker. He will steal unwashed pots and lick them clean and set them back so you think they're actually clean, but they're not. There's Bull Licker, and he steals bowls of food that were left from under the bed, which apparently is a, a strange tradition that people used to do when they would just leave bowls of food under the bed. <laughs> There's Door Slammer. And he stomps around and slams doors, and he keeps everybody awake. There's Skier Gobla. He will eat up all of the Icelandic yogurt. There's Sausage Swiper, which is going to be my new grinder name. And he loves to steal sausages. Window Peeper, bit of a pervert. He likes to creep outside windows and sometimes steals stuff from the windows that he thinks looks nice. There's Door Sniffer. Actually, that's going to be my new grinder name. Uh, he has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. There's Meat Hook. 
he snatches up any meat left out, especially smoked lamb, which is far less terrifying than his name kind of kind of says. There's Candle Beggar. He steals candles and eats them like a true rapscallion. And in Iceland, out of all of the Yule lads, apparently Candle Beggar is the most loved. Because people don't, I guess, rely on candles as much. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of fond of, um, of Gullygawk. The guy that just kind of steals foam off the buckets of cow milk. It seems fairly harmless. If I came out and just saw a, a short lad <laughs> scraping off some milk foam, I guess I'd be fine with that. Not a big fan of Window Peeper. Or Door Slammer. I'd probably just kick him. Greela, however, is one of the most evil figures in Icelandic folklore, and horror stories about her are still told to children over the festive season. Throughout the year, it is said that she collects whispers about children around the island misbehaving. And when winter sets in, she sets out to gather them specifically. Her appetite for the flesh of bad kids is insatiable, and every year it's said that she has no issue finding ones to feed on. Collecting them up in a sack, she will then cook them in a pot and turn them into a giant stew that will sustain her until next winter. Living with Grilla and sharing her taste of man flesh is the great Yule Cat, also I can't pronounce that, Jolakotrun. <laughs> I wrote it and I knew it was coming and I forgot to, per forgot to try it. Its name's the Yule Cat, so you can look it up if you want to see this six inch word. This feline beast is a huge and vicious cat who is described as lurking about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating people who have not yet received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. There is a beloved poem about this gigantic beast, which was written in 1987 by Johannes U. Kutlum, which obviously I'm going to read to you right now because I have to. <clears throat> You all know the Yule Cat, and that cat was huge indeed. People didn't know where it came from or where he went. That, I assume it rhymes in their original language. <laughs> he opened his glaring eyes wide, the two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them. His whiskers sharp as bristles, his back arced up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave of his strong tail, he jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up the valley and sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing Yule snow. In every home, people shuddered at his name. If one heard a pitiful mew, something evil would happen soon. Everybody knew he hunted men, but didn't care for mice. He picked on the very poor that knew no garments got, for Yule who toiled and lived in dire need. From them he took one fell swoop, their whole Yule dinner, always eating it himself if he possibly could. Hence it was the women at their spinning heels sat, spinning a colorful thread from a frock to a little sock. Because you mustn't let the cat get a hold of the little children, they had to get something new to wear from the grown-ups each year. And when the lights came on on Yule Eve and the cat peered in, the little children stood rosy and proud all dressed up in their new clothes. Some had gotten an apron, and some had gotten shoes, or something that was needed, that was all it took. For all who got something new to wear, stayed out of that pussy cat's grasp. He then gave a awful hiss, 
but went on his way. Whether he still do exist, I do not know, but his visit would be in vain if next time everybody got something new to wear. This is capitalist propaganda. Now you might be thinking of helping where help is needed most. Perhaps you'll find some children that have nothing at all. Perhaps searching for those that live in a lightless world will give you a happy day and a merry, merry Yule. So that wasn't, wasn't so much a poem, was it? I don't know. I like it. I like the Yule Cat. I, if I was getting eaten by the Yule Cat, would try to get a few pets in. Just a couple. Grilla also lives with her latest husband, who is um, kind of like Oscar from Hey Arnold, if you remember, if you remember that guy. <laughs> He's a troll named Lapoaldi, Lapaludi, Lapaludi, I like that. The least threatening member of her family. He is seen often as a pathetic cuck who offers nothing to Grilla's power except existing around her. And this is probably partially because Grilla has eaten her previous two husbands after she obtained the offspring she desired of them. Girl boss, gaslight gatekeeper. <laughs> According to the oldest poems, Grilla originally lived in a small cottage. She was a persistent and troublesome beggar who walked around asking parents to give her their disobedient children. <laughs> Her plans were most certainly thwarted by giving her food or chasing her away. But in any case, one day, Grilla was forced to move out of town with her own family. Other tales and poems say that she was God's first attempt at creating humans. <laughs> Behold, God's mistake. <laughs> Perhaps realizing his mistake all too late, while still having love for his creation, he banished her to Iceland. Fuck you, Iceland. Others say she was once human, with a normal, happy family. But one year, the family experienced an especially hard winter. You know where this is going. With supplies dwindling, they struggled to support themselves for months. Eventually, there simply wasn't enough for all of them, and Grilla made a terrible, but inevitable, choice. Murdering her first husband, she fed his remains to their children and cooked them in a stew. This act of cannibalism kept them alive, yes, but... As o always does in these stories, it changed them. The traditions surrounding Grilla are the standard fare of scaring children into behaving. The fact that she was a child eater who sought out children over the festive season not only demands them to be on their best behavior, but also served as a survival tactic. Naturally, winters in Iceland are incredibly dangerous, and more so before modernization. Often disobedient children who went out in the dark and snow would never return home. There was also a lot of work that needed to be done before the darkest months set in, requiring extra diligence and effort from all members of the family, which this also ties in with the Yule Cats, who eat children if they don't get clothes. <laughs> this served as an incentive for everybody involved to finish their weaving, knitting, and sewing in a timely manner. Unfortunately, well, I guess on how you look at it, unfortunately, as frightening tales of ancient gods often are, Grilla has been a little softened down over the years. She was such a terrifying image to children that in the 18th century, the Parliament of Iceland, likely grown youngsters still traumatized by these tales, outlawed the use of her legend as a scare tactic. Grilla was in free speech jail. <laughs> she was, don't, you're not allowed to scare your children. Uh, so children were no longer allowed to be threatened with being devoured. And uh, instead... They would be, <laughs> instead of being eaten alive or drugged back to Troll Mountain, 
she would simply put rotten potatoes in their shoes if they misbehaved. Which is quite, quite a step down. So that is Gorilla the Christmas Witch. Um, that's pretty much it. Do you have a favorite Yule Lad? You should comment it on my post on Instagram. Which is, of course, at Tinkerbuff underscore... Uh, you can also follow my movie reviews on Letterboxd, also under Tinkerbuff. And don't forget to check out my other podcast, which hopefully by the time this comes out, I'm still doing. But it is called Bible Study with Friends. It's where friends and I, we are reading the Bible cover to cover after doing a professional amount of recreational things. Alright guys, I hope you have a safe winter. I hope you don't get eaten alive or frozen to death. I got some other fun wintertime horror things coming up. Fun is subjective, you know you know that by now if you've been listening. Um, but yeah, thank you guys, and uh, happy holidays, and I will see you next Monday.